We're back and we're live. We're live in charge and in person. What are you doing? How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm I'm a little low energy, but for you, I'm going to amp it up. I should be low energy. I've been running around like a maniac today. You've been hustling and being a success. Yeah, is it true that you were interviewed by Yahoo? Yahoo. Yeah, I was. I was interviewed because of my influence on the TikTok scene. The way you sway people to your way of thinking? It was interesting. I think we were talking a lot about like why and how people are influenced. I think the gentleman that did the interview is going to be interviewing a lot of different TikTok creators for this article. Well, you should be the first and most prominent. I was the first, actually. Tell me one thing. Has have any but has anybody commented on TikTok that you personally turned them vegan? Yeah, but I always deflect because I feel like it's not about you, it's about ethics. Not just that. I don't I feel that someone has to make a, a, a their their singular dietary choice. One For person sure. shouldn't make someone become vegan. I think that I can help people become vegan with recipes. I mean, that's you brush them gently in the right direction. Well, showing people that it's not that hard, that they can make their own food, they can, you know, go to fun places, they can buy interesting products, you know, all the different levels of being a vegan. There are many opportunities to which they can avail themselves. Speaking of which, I did something maybe was against, uh, you know, the vegan gods. What did you, you offended the V gods? <laughs> yes. How dare you? We actually made liquid mozzarella. Oh, you mean like Miyoko style? Yeah, we made the Miyoko style liquid mozzarella. From scratch? That doesn't offend the vegan gods, like you, unless you killed an animal. Well, no, but Miyoko's is a great company and Mm -hmm. you know it's a little different than the situation i have a situation with just egg this is you know miyoko's is a great company it's a that doesn't mean company you can't make their stuff yourself as well yeah like uh, i made a pizza pizza hut is offended no you know yeah i mean i i think that it's actually a different situation too when it comes to just egg which you can actually replicate with a simple recipe Making the Miyoko's is a little more complicated because it's a more complicated recipe. How did you figure that out? It seems complicated. I had my wife do it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Let me rephrase it. How did she figure it out? What What goes into this liquid? Mo- like how? What is liquid mozzarella? How does it made? Well, the real magic comes from cashews because you know now people are making cheese out of cashews, and you know you can actually take cashews, soak them overnight blend them mm-hmm. and you have kind of a cool cheese yeah. paste and, and then you have to put some yeast or something what do you do I, I can tell you what the ingredients are it's a, it's a raw cashews water mushroom bouillon apple cider vinegar salt tablespoon of oil nutritional yeast tapioca flour tapioca flour kind of gives it a more stretchy ish texture and uh, it actually worked. I mean, I, I we have some videos. There's more on TikTok, Vegan Hacks Pod, if you want to check out our recipes. Uh, I think it was, there was also some recipes that were already online of people that had done it before, maybe before Miyoko's. 
while we're talking about copycats, I mean, we didn't necessarily copy something, but it, I mean, it's yeah, well, it is a it is a dupe. Um, I don't know what. No, the other thing too is I don't know whether or not Miyoko's invented liquid cheese. I think it's been around. It's something. Yeah, that in my pre-vegan days, I sprayed it out of a can onto crackers. Well, that's different. That was like probably a vegan, like like a yellow cheese, right? No, before I was vegan, I'm saying like I used to spray the you oh, know, like the Velveeta. I, used to yeah, do it's the Velveeta. so gross. <laughs> why do that? Why does that exist? I have no idea, but it's pretty wild. I actually have written an introduction for this next part of the podcast. I don't. I, I have a feeling this uh, this is going to malign my character in some way. I'm about to get roasted. It's okay. Don't worry. Just accept. They're one of the least sustainable vacations. <laughs> <laughs> These filthy bacteria-laden petri dishes spread disease. Pollute the sky with filthy smoke and discharge gray water into our oceans. Mike Keller's cruise ship corner. <laughs> Yay. So, uh, as you all know, I'm Did a you like that? Bag. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Um, so, I went on a Royal Caribbean cruise. But uh, He know, went COVID- on a Royal Caribbean yeah, cruise. Yeah. COVID-wise, um, you know, everybody was vaccinated and had to show a negative test to get on board. And... I, you know, for however bad it is, I was talking to one of the Raiders and he said, you know, when COVID hit, he was out of a job for a year and a half and he was applying and applying and applying. And he's like really so happy to like have his job back. Uh, that said, the the one thing that's like cool about this one that, uh, you know, I've been on a cruise like this in the past and they didn't have this. You know, in general, you go to the like buffet dining and uh, they have some vegan things. You just have to kind of hunt for it and ask them. And then they end up asking the cook. But Royal Caribbean now has a separately printed vegan menu in their fine dining uh, place. And even in the kitchen, they said they separate the vegan food area in the kitchen. So I guess like they're starting to take veganism seriously if for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I actually did a little research on it, and it seems like, well, number one, Royal Caribbean actually supposedly treats their staff better than most of the other cruises. That's another That's thing. That's what their staff claims <laughs> when I talk to them. They're like, we love being here. They've been programmed. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, no, I, I'll, I'll tell you another thing. I, I talked to a different guy, and he's, he's from the Philippines, and he said that... He, he, you know, since he saves all the money he makes because they, you know, they feed him and house him on board, he... His goal was to do two contracts. Each contract was like eight or nine months. And he said that once he does two contracts on the ship, he can afford to buy a house outright back home. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, so, that is great. So uh, the other the other situation is like, like there are vegan cruises. You're, you're, we're talking about mainstream cruises that everyone. You know, families, all these different people go on. There's a there's actually a, a website I was looking. It's called Holistic Holiday at Sea. Presently, they don't have any cruises, but that's a, those are 100% vegan cruises oh, that I didn't have know about vegan that. speakers and a vegan events and, I don't know, vegan bands. And... Is it on an already established ship or do they have their own ships or do they sort of like piggyback on an existing ship, you know, existing cruise line? From what I saw, I, th- uh, I saw that they were going on, it was one particular ship that they do this oh. event on, but okay. maybe that ship is a multi, it's not a 100% vegan right. ship. It's like a once in a while they commandeer the ship for this purpose. In the past, you'd have, if, if I was, um, 
you know, if I wanted vegan accommodations at the, you know, the main, uh, like, so-called fine dining hall, which is included in the cruise, um, you'd have to say the night before, hi, I'm vegan, uh, can, I, can I bother you to do something for me? And they would basically take all the meat stuff and just, like, remove the meat, you know, like, make it without meat, but it would be, like, you'd end up just kind of getting a heap of side dishes and things and salads and, you know, a salad without the dressing, and it was just kind of um, haphazardly thrown together but this is the first time i went there and they handed me a printed vegan menu um and and not just that it's not like one vegan menu for the whole trip uh, there was a new vegan menu every day really so yeah they they finally and they said some you know a lot of their crew not a lot but some of their crew is vegan and there's a lot of indians who are usually uh, who are often not usually but often vegetarian but they said a lot of the crew is actually vegan as well. So they, they made, you know, accommodations for everyone. Yeah, well, we went on the cruise a couple of years ago. I mean, obviously before COVID. They, they had, like, a vegan selection. It, I mean, I think it was the similar route that we took, but it was a different, it was a, the carnival route, mm-hmm. uh, the carnival cruise line. And I was kind of... Uh, yeah, at first, you know, like first night it was cool. They had like, I don't know, some kind of Indian dish. And it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, some kind of tikka masala. But it seemed like every night it was the same kind of tiki masala thing, maybe just yeah. shifted a little bit. Like one would be tiki masala with pasta, t- tiki masala with rice. It was like, and after a while it's like, oh no, I'm eating the same thing, only just slightly altered. And that, I, I, I found that to be a little, you know, when you go like maybe after the third night of eating tiki masala it's maybe you know you want to jump off the water and swim home i think royal caribbean is definitely better than um carnival and it doesn't cost significant it's like almost the same price more or less i I would definitely prefer royal caribbean well did you sleep in the steerage (laughs) i slept in the um i just stowed away on the lifeboat like um jack and titanic you know it's funny when we went on the cruise it it really is kind of a weird mystification when we were like out in the ocean and coming back, like returning, but we were, I guess we had a one more day at sea, mm-hmm. but there was like some kind of medical emergency. Oh. And so we got back to the dock like a day early. Oh, wow. And then they, they like disembarked a pay, uh, a, a, a customer Mm-hmm. And then they went back to sea. So it's like they if they can if they really want oh, to book it. <laughs> look, uh we had a day at sea to get from um San Pedro to Catalina. You could take a ferry from San Pedro to Catalina in like under an hour. They were just going one mile per hour for twenty four hours, you know. They were spending they were going, extra time to pollute the environment. Just, well, <laughs> presumably if they're going slowly, they're not running the engines at full capacity. So it, yeah, I'm sure it's not more pollutant. Yeah, but they're discharging all your gray water. Mm, yeah. But yeah, they definitely manufacture days at sea that aren't really necessary for the you know, you're not there necessarily to to get from one place to another. You're there to kind of take the scenic route. On an environmental front, I was reading they said that being on board mm-hmm. because of the black smoke from the whatever the smokestack oh uh-huh. that some sometimes the the air quality rivals places like Santiago, Chile, and what? Beijing. Really? I don't know. It was but the smokestack the is way above you, so it doesn't like come down onto. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing much black smoke. But who, maybe who, if you're who, maybe if you're like hanging over the the smokestack and looking down. Maybe yeah. 
I mean, I, I think it's kind of a thing you have to think about what your environmental footprint is. I mean, you take a plane somewhere. Did I mean, for per distance travel, the plane is, you know, if you're especially like a passenger, you know, a jumbo jet filled with people is, it's got to be less polluting than say driving that same distance. Right? Yeah, but it's hard to drive to Italy. No, sure, sure, but it, whatever, like, let's say you went from coast to coast in the United States, like, wouldn't that be a lot more polluting to go for days and days in a car than to be one of a few hundred passengers in the same plane that gets there in like four hours? Yeah, but you get to stop, it's like, you know, stop in Las Vegas and sure, gamble, sure. you know, you can get yeah, some snacks. A, you, you know, there's there's no real way to transport yourself without some environmental impact, because even if you take a Tesla or whatever, that electric electricity has to be generated somehow and you know, sure there are renewable sources but they're also not so renewable sources so yeah i mean i guess the most of the the most environmentally friendly thing would be to take an electric car when somehow you know that the electricity was like solar or wind or yes. hydroelectric speaking of elon elon he's in the news for giving starlink to ukraine well that too but also there's this message. He's in I guess, the news. Every yeah, day just, he's in the I, news. I was reading this article. It's in republicworld.com. Elon Musk's first human colony on Mars would have to survive on a vegan diet. Yes. Report. Here it is. Hell yeah. SpaceX released a video showing the blueprint of the first colony on Mars, which features humans using glass domes for their habitat, as well as growing crops. They can't Just have like, space chickens. Yeah. I, well, I guess they're not going to have them. I don't know. Maybe It's, it's, it's either plants or cannibalism, and hopefully just plants. A new paper on Elon Musk's ideas of making humans a multi-planetary species has suggested that the first colony on Mars would have to live on a plant-based diet without any meat. Okay. Well, th there you go. So agreed. Well, I mean, his cars also have no leather seats. That's you know, he's right. A, he's going in that direction. But he did say some disparaging things about veganism. If the whole world goes vegan, it's not going to stop climate change. It'll help. Sure. I mean, maybe it won't stop it. If the whole world both goes vegan and stops combusting fossil fuels, we might well, we might the, get somewhere. The gross polluters are corporations. Yeah, they combust fossil fuels. You know, people like Royal Caribbean Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> could could the cruise ship go on biodiesel? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there are ways to make, maybe put a solar panels, but that would like, you know, get in the way of the rock climbing wall. <laughs> yeah, the rock climbing wall was fun. Okay, yeah. Hey, fine. that that didn't that didn't pollute. <laughs> Well, unless you like ate too much and then you you know you retched. Yeah, I wonder. Like, let's say, yeah. Um, let's not say. Never mind. I was just say something. A, Go ahead. I was having a stupid thought. I was this like, "This is what? What if you only went on is about? It's stupid cruises. Go ahead, like, do it. Yeah. What if you only went on cruises that are like way underpopulated, and they're gonna go anyway? And so you're not like really adding to the marginal increase in pollutants. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of a silly thing because ultimately, you know, any demand perpetuates production. 
the most sustainable cruise would be like a survival cruise where you, you just get out of the ocean and you push off and you just paddle. Just, you live Everybody off the has land. to like pedal a little bicycle on board. Yeah. It's part of your like daily fitness. Survive off eating kelp and seawater. Mm. I'm surprised like you didn't ask me what I actually what the vegan menu consisted of. What was the the food like? The vegan menu was really delicious. I pretty much ordered like everything on it <laughs> because it was so, you know, it was so good and so rare for me to have my own options. Um so we had these I guess pear salads that had a really interesting spices. It was like the spice you put in Indian food, but in like a sweet pear salad. It was really delicious. Um, they had this thing that they called tofu tacos, but it was actually more of this like chef, like fancy fine dining creation where they weren't really tacos. It was like cheese and tofu cubes, fried tofu cubes in these domes, these like taco shell shaped domes. Was that cultural appropriation? I don't know. I mean, honestly, they just shouldn't have called it tacos because they were not tacos. They were just something vaguely, you know, it's just so people would have something to call it. Were they hard Uh, shell? It was a hard shell of some sort, but they weren't tacos. They were just, they were good though. Um, But what else would you have called it? I don't know. Um, I had these fried zucchini fritters with um, like, a hummus sauce or a tahini sauce. I don't know. That was really good. Um, bolognese pasta. The, you know, this is like over a couple days, by the way. I didn't eat all of this in one sitting. Did you gain weight? <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I, I like. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, bolognese pasta. I gained weight. Um, they had cookies with strawberries. Um, what else did they have? Indian food, the dal, roti, it was all very good. Next time, write it down so you can be, you know, you can just tell yes. me everything. I and your impression, every bite, you can think, I, I bit into it, and then I've tasted a little salty texture, mm-hmm. but then... I could be a food critic. Exploded in my mouth. Hey, have you ever heard about this restaurant called Guy's in Italy? It's a Michelin-starred restaurant. Is it vegan? No. It's God knows what it is, but I heard the most hilarious review where this, um, I guess, New York Times food critic was like, we had to sit through five hours and 30 courses and we left starving because these people push the envelope of what is considered food. And it's like they said one course was a foam. The next course was like some brittle flakes. And and uh, these are just gastronomic tasting morsels. It's artwork. It's not, you know, and she's like, it misses this like imperative that even though it's a work of art, it's supposed to also nourish you. And she's so like upset about it. And then she went and got like tacos afterward and uh, or whatever, you know, like some fast food afterward because she was so starving. And then the owner retorted like you're just a philistine who doesn't understand food and basically made like a emperor's new clothes argument that she's like too simple-minded to understand it well i mean i think that food as performance is actually kind of interesting sure but i i agree that you can have food as performance and it can be like shock and awe and it can express culture and identity but it also has to like nourish your body or it's not food I think people go to restaurants for all different reasons. Okay, so you should go enjoy guys. I don't know if it's vegan. It probably yeah. isn't. 
but uh, <laughs> maybe you should make a vegan version of it. And then when people complain, you can tell them they're Philistines. Yeah, or it's it's like that thing. I, I guess uh, you know Guy Fieri. He has like mm. trash can nachos. Like, mm. does that really like sustain you and, and yeah. nourish your body? Not really. It's a bunch it of grease fills, and junk. Fills your tum. <laughs> Fill her up. Mm. So I don't know. I, I I could see it both ways. I could see someone not, may, maybe not not being satisfied with their experience. Yeah, I mean, just have to sit through. 30 courses over five hours and leave hungry. It's kind of a bad experience. Here's your foam. Eat this foam. What? Well, before I was vegan, I remember going to this place called the Test Kitchen. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of that, like foam and all sorts of crazy little little dishes. But, you know, I I was full afterwards. Well, also, too, because they had, like, great bread. I think I ordered to... to, uh, I always get extra bread, so you know I'll be yeah. nourished by bread. But but I remember that's you the know, fallback. Really interesting looking dishes, really interesting presentation, the artistry. You know why? You know also uh, transformative things like you go ahead and they'll put some kind of interesting sauce that changes colors and that's cool. And, you know, kind of a, a fancy. You know, it's, it's the situation. It's a chemistry experiment, sort it's of. It's art, you know, in, in yeah. some ways too. So I, I can see it both ways, and and I, I mean, I I appreciate all different types of food. You know, if I really want to feel, you know, that you know, I want to be super nur- nourished and satisfied, I usually will go to a you know an ethnic place, a place like an Indian restaurant or a you know, Vietnamese place where there's, you know, they're not going to skimp on your portions. Well, not that it's like cheaper and it's more, it's more inexpensive. And, and also the food is hardy closer to the culture that, you know, created it. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a test kitchen in California adventure, Disney's California adventure. It's called Dr. Pim's test kitchen. And it's like, everything is, is like Ant-Man based. So it's like the proportions of things are weird. It's like a spaghetti with one giant impossible, uh, like beyond meat meatball. Okay, and then yeah. a bunch of tiny noodles on the bottom. And it's like as if like he used a zapping ray to change the proportion and the size of things. A gigantic pretzel. That's a different kind of test. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just a fake, you know, like a, it's an amusing allusion to the Ant-Man movie. Amazing. Did you wear a costume? Did you have no. like cosplay when you did? I didn't cosplay, but I did have the, um, I don't remember if it was Impossible or Beyond, but the gigantic Beyond meatball on the tiny little macaronis, and it was actually quite good. Why 